is like you Maker of heaven Lord of the land And Lord of the sea Holy and true Faithful and able of all time and eternity Hi, this is your friend and brother Ferdinand uh, bringing this edition of Truth in Brief to you and I just feel led in my spirit to assure you that God will help you. God will send you help. You will experience the supernatural help of God and you see, when God helps a person that is radically different from the help of man. The help of God is unfailing, and the help of God is insufficient. The help of God is omnipotent, is omniscient, omnipresent. A person that is held by God cannot be stranded in life. It's impossible. You will experience divine help. I love something that, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said in his testimony before, you know, King Herod in Acts chapter 26 and verse 22. He was telling the story of, you know, how he had been able to continue uh, up to that point, and which was practically all his life because it was from that journey that he eventually ended up in Rome and in prison. So he says in Acts 26, 22, having therefore obtained help from God or help of God, I continue unto this day. He said, the only reason I'm here today, witnessing to small and great, testifying and preaching and continuing, is because I obtained help. One version called it the supernatural help of God. That's why I'm here. If you look at the man, everything that could quench him was thrown at him. But the supernatural help of God sustained him. And that will also be your testimony. He was stoned. He was left for dead. Some people abandoned him. The closest people abandoned him. I mean, all kinds of things happened. He was shipwrecked. He was... I mean, when you read the litany and the, the, the list of things that the man went through, you wonder how can a person, one person, survive all of these things and still thrive? The reason was because he obtained the help of God, the supernatural help of God. And that will be your portion, child of God. Receive strength in your inner man and expect divine intervention. And don't forget the help of the resident Holy Spirit that lives deep within you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We have been looking at the marks of genuine encounter. What is it that happens when somebody genuinely encounters Jesus Christ? I think that this is a very important subject because, you see, there is a whole lot going on now in church. And you're wondering, these people that claim to be Christian, did they actually meet the Lord Jesus Christ? How is it that they say they met Christ but nothing changed? And the way to see what happens uh, in a true encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ is to look at how it happened to those in Scripture. And we've been looking at the Apostle Paul. And the last time we saw that, you know, uh, when Ananias said to Jesus, Lord, this man is in trouble walking. <laughs> He's looking for people like me to arrest me and to put me into prison. And are you sending me to him? The Lord Jesus told him, he said, in Acts chapter 9, verse 15, the Lord said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine, a chosen instrument, to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. And I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. 
So you see, a genuine encounter converts the, the target into a chosen instrument. When people genuinely encounter Jesus, they don't become regular church members that simply go to church, drop some money in the offering box, and they continue with business as usual. Their encounter with Christ is all-consuming, all-transforming, and it changes everything. It converts them into chosen instruments, people that God can use to advance divine agenda, not just people going to church, warming some pews, and just trying to solve their problems. A genuine encounter makes the name, the name of Jesus, to become your primary agenda for living. Jesus said, he will bear my name before Gentiles and before kings. And look what he said in verse 16. Jesus said to Ananias, I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. When somebody genuinely encounters Christ, he is willing to suffer for the name of Christ. He realizes the supremacy of the one that encountered him. He realizes the value, the, the preciousness, the pricelessness of knowing Christ. So he's willing to suffer for those convictions. He's, he's not going to drop it, you know, in the face of suffering, whether it is financial lack or physical suffering or emotional trouble. You're not going to surrender Christ because trouble came. Because you know that Christ is life to you. He is strength to you. He is victory to you. He's your eternity. He's your eternal security. No. When a person encounters Christ, there is a willingness to suffer for righteousness. You see, when all of us that just fill our churches, but when temptation and when trial, when persecution, when difficulties come because of the name of Jesus, we quickly abandon the, the, our convictions. It shows that we really never met the Lord. Ah, when a man encounters Christ, he, he, Christ becomes so precious, so priceless, that you are willing to suffer for his name's sake. Is that your testimony? Jesus said, I will show him how many great things he must suffer for the sake of my name. That name is so priceless and so precious that we will rather die than have the name suffer loss. Ah, the name of Christ will not suffer loss in your hands. Then in your office, wherever you are located, you will be willing to take a stand for righteousness, even if it means suffering, suffering, lack, you know, the deprivations and people taking away what belongs to you because you belong to Christ. People withholding promotion or withholding other things or even physical pain. See, people have laid down their lives for the sake of the name of Jesus. So what about persecution or rejection by people because of Christ? Just make sure that we are not suffering because of our foolishness. But a genuine encounter with Christ generates a willingness to suffer for the name of Christ. And the Bible says in Acts 9 and verse 17, Ananias went his way, entered the house, and laying his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, this man that was an enemy is now a brother. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, he has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in verse 18, Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight, and at once he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. And verse 20, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogue that he is the son of God. So, so you see from this scripture, a genuine encounter here. Saul received his sight. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and he began to preach Christ. So he got new eyes, new power and a new message. 
new eyes, new power, and a new message. When Ananias laid his hands on Saul, he said, brother Saul, and he told him what the Lord said. The Bible says something like scales fell away from the eyes of Saul of Tarsus, and he saw the world with brand new eyes. That man received new eyes. He saw Ananias, and he saw a brother where he would have seen a criminal, an enemy before. He saw the world with new eyes, new perspectives, new priorities. His vision of Christ, first of all, produced blindness. We'll discuss that. When we see Christ, we become blind to a lot of things. But when we see Christ, we also receive new eyes. Jesus came to give the opening of the eyes to those who are blind. And that was the experience of Saul. You will receive new eyes in the name of Jesus. You will see life. You will see problems. You will see time. You will see situations with new eyes. Oh, Bible says scales fell away from his eyes. The God of this world had blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine in. But now, with the encounter, new eyes have arrived. Ah, you're going to look at mountains, goliaths, impossibilities, difficulties, challenges with new eyes, and you will walk in victory. You will look at sin with brand new eyes, and it, you will despise it because it's no longer appealing and interesting to you. Saul received new power. Ananias laid his hands on him. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. New power. The power of the Holy Spirit. Not the power of letters from the Sanhedrin. But now the power of the Holy Spirit. And Saul received a new message. The Bible said he began to testify that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And preached that gospel. He couldn't keep quiet. You see some people that say they met Christ. And they are too, they are too proud. Or they are too busy to talk about Jesus. They cannot preach the gospel. I don't know what kind of encounter that was. Blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. A genuine encounter makes Jesus our message. You are willing to share him in every way you can. It doesn't necessarily mean you are going to resign from your job and become full-time in quotes. But it means that every platform, wherever you are, you are his witness, testifying to the great things that he has done in your life. Heavenly Father, thank you for this word and thank you for Christ in our hearts. Lord, that we pray. Oh God, for a willingness to suffer whatever we need to suffer for the sake of Christ. And we pray, Father, for new eyes, new power, and a new message in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for being with me on this edition of Truth in Brief. And don't forget to share. And please reach me at my number, plus 234-803-274-3148. And do visit our website at eternityministries.org for more resources. God bless you. the land and Lord of the sea.